somebody has an interesting question. Of course, I'm the boss. Of course, I'm the manager. But uh, at three o'clock, my influence in the game is is nothing. A coach is uh, somebody who should uh, see a lot of things. I think the most important things are your eyes. Yes, we are here. Stefan, welcome from Copenhagen. Thank you. Thank Thanks you. for having me. And I would like to say that we are in a coach's room as well, but we are uh, in the stadium, uh, Mark. Yes, yes. Uh, looking over the field. Yeah. And we, location. We, we have a perfect location and we cannot quite see the angle where a lot of action happened uh, last weekend, but we'll not go into that. Big weekend, but not uh, very positive. No, no. We uh, just if people are watching this, it was a big derby here last weekend from the first team, with a lot of stuff going around the match and during the match, uh, part of the stands broke down. Luckily, nobody was harmed, but of course, it's uh, not the situation you want around the around the, around the match. But no, it's not uh, the way you want to present yourself as a club, but uh, it happens and uh, hopefully uh, find a solution soon and uh, yeah, next yeah. time better. And it's not the aim of this discussion at all. So uh, we'll leave that for the people that know stands. And that we know, hopefully we know youth football a little bit better. Stefan, you are in a meeting room at the club? Yeah. Uh, yeah. In, in, uh, do you have also a coach's room where you get together on at the club or is there like a uh, meeting uh, uh, this is a meeting room then on the other side of the of the hall here is the under 19 coaching office so I just okay. walked across the hall uh, and then different kind of offices down the hall but here the the academy and first team is in two different buildings uh, separated by two training pitches so uh, okay. yeah so the 19th office is here and then the coaching office for the first team is actually on the other side of two pitches in another building. Okay. So, well, but uh, that means, if I think about it practically, you are, yeah, I, I, the, your official title, I forgot actually, but I have the feeling that you are the high potential coach. That's something that I remi- remembered all the time, working with uh, the talents from, let's say, U17 till U21, roughly. Yeah, we, we call it player development coach, and it's, uh, you know, it's mainly based on the under 19, so responsible for the individual development pathway in the under 19s, with the special yeah. focus on what we will call top talents in in the under 19. So help them to progress through the other side uh, to the first team, and then be a part of their time in the beginning of of the time in the first team, and but easily in that time handed over to the first team coaching staff. Uh, and we also have another guy, which uh, which then are more focused on those players when they are actually in the first team squad. Um, so players which are a little bit more in, in between two teams, maybe they train mainly in the first team, but they get the main playing time in the under 19s. Okay, great. But it means, but think about your practical situation now. You're closer to the U19s office. Yeah. But at the same yeah. time, you need to be at the first team regularly, and maybe. Uh, so yeah. switching literally between offices sometimes. Yeah, I have I have my normal spot in the under nineteen office, and then I walk across sometimes uh, to be part of the first team sessions if it makes sense. Uh, for instance, when many of the youngsters from the nineteen, if they are participating, or uh, just if one is participating sometimes, but if it makes sense in terms of 
being close to to him during those sessions and seeing him on the next level in those sessions uh, to always be updated on what is his working points what can he do on the next level what can't he do is there something new who comes up in those sessions so yeah some some walking across yeah no no problem a pretty similar situation can imagine for you uh, mark that you okay, you have your own team of course u21s but there's a direct connection to the first team and also the teams below yes 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 but um it's not like i'm uh, directly connected to the first team okay. or um, I, I, I'm, I'm not involved. In, no, no, no. I, I, I'm, a, I'm in contact with the staff, but um, of course, when players go across, uh, then we have contact and we uh, evaluate their what they did. Yeah, uh, but it's not on a weekly or daily basis. Okay, so it's it's pretty separated. You have your own food group that you focus almost as a oh, same as a youth team. That once in a while a player moves on, or maybe a player comes back. Yeah, yeah. On a game day, uh, um, mainly on game days, sometimes a first team player comes and plays. But then I hear that during the week, and yeah, uh, yeah. then then uh, mainly the communication goes through the head of the academy, and uh, I speak with him. Yeah, and he speaks with the staff of the first team. But if we really evaluate on a on a uh, yeah, how how the player did, then then I will speak with the head coach. Yeah, okay, I understand. How do you um, second year? You said we said before. Okay, Corona was. Uh, we can almost skip that year. How are you experiencing uh, coaching this age group? This specific. It's a very specific age group that they are in transferring to towards seniors, etc. Yeah, it's it's um, it's a good. Uh, it's it's challenging because uh, different from from before. I did the U fifteen. And from a U15 team going up to uh, U16 or maybe even U17, um, like 80, 90 percent of the team continues uh, okay. their their way inside the academy. So mm. a lot of success there. But here it's the other way around. Yeah. 90 percent of the guys don't make it to the first team. So uh, I think that's that's the challenging part. At the other you know, other side of the story is that. Um, guys are older, and um, I think uh, it's it's um, it's not only on football that you that you can influence them, uh, but you have also a, a big part around that and uh, how they live for the for the for their sport and uh, how they develop outside the training. So I think that's uh, I like that part also. Yeah, so it's more coaching them in life almost. Yeah. Yeah, I think when they are young as well, but now it's uh, yeah, it's a bigger part of the of the coaching. Yeah. I think. Do you recognize that, Stefan? That the way of coaching with that age group? Uh, yeah, yeah, a bit. Uh, the difference between here and I think in 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 the Netherlands is that you have actually an under twenty one team. We don't, which means when you are done with the U 19s you either go to the first team. Uh, you go on loan, or uh, you you find somewhere else. Uh, so, but actually, it's a big discussing point in Denmark at the moment because what do we do with those? We want to keep a little longer because they maybe need one or two years more before they are starting to compete for playing time at the first team. But we can see they have the potential, but they have only the reserve league to play in, and the reserve league is not competitive. Uh, it's 
uh, sometimes it's almost a full under 19 team playing uh, mainly they are in the national team breaks which means that some players are away uh, with the national team so they mainly don't play in the club if they're too old to play in the 19s um, so it's it's a big discussing point how to work around that in Denmark at the moment, actually. Uh, and I think the development here has been that the U19 squad in Copenhagen is, is getting younger and younger. You can more say it's actually an U, U18 squad more than a U19 squad. Um, so, for instance, we moved four, five players to the first team in the summer. Uh, four of them is still, they are actually now U19, but when they before the summer they were U18. Only one of the five was actually done with being on the under 19 team, so they are moving earlier to the first team, but they are also moving earlier from the 17s to the uh, to the 19. So it's more like players at the moment is between 15 and 18 years old we work with. So, but especially with those at 18, I, I experienced some of the same things. Um, what what is the biggest good. effect of of that players move on faster, less time to develop, more more pressure, and early age? Well, what is what is the main effect, or what's the main issue that comes with that? Uh, the main issue is, uh, I think it's actually sometimes outside the pitch. Uh, so in relation to what Mark just said, because um, they move on because they're good enough. So the problem is not on the pitch, but there can be so many other aspects of the pitch. Um, for instance, it can be habits in the gym because some of them, they progress so fast uh, during the, the, the youth time. So when they have to learn how to have good habits in the gym, how to work in the gym, because you start that later than you start many other things on the pitch, they haven't been through that or haven't been through a time enough with that. Uh, that could be just one example. Then it's just you change from a more process development environment uh, really early into need to win every game, especially in this club. Uh, so you need to win every game. It's a high performance. Results matter so much, uh, but you're still young. So you still need to develop. Uh, how do we ensure that you develop football-wise if you don't play uh that many minutes and trainings is often you play Sunday, you play Thursday, you play Sunday. So many of the trainings is recovery, um, match preparation. How do we make good trainings for those guys who are not playing every Sunday and playing every Thursday? Um, so I think that's, that's some of the issues we work, try to work around at the moment and try to, um, create good solutions for at the moment. Uh, but it, but it's not easy. Um, it's not easy, but I think we are, we have a lot of good projects uh, at the moment or processes going on, but there's also still a long way to go. Um, but the main thing is they move on early because they are, pre they are prepared for that. Yeah, they're good enough. Okay. So, so if I hear it, so the first day, let's say until 15, 16, they learn what the first steps of becoming a good professional player or becoming an an adult player and then there's a step in the middle that's kind of okay we need to learn how to train and how to develop that step is almost skipped for for talented guys of guys that move on faster yeah i would say maybe not how to train but maybe how to live more you know okay. how to live yeah. as a professional yeah 
maybe that uh, and some players they have it uh, because they are maybe raised with with that from home but others they don't they have to learn it and they have to use experts around them uh, to learn it um, and some of them they they skip that step and it's a it's just in general it's actually it's not an issue if you are aware of where the player are when he arrives at the first team for instance but uh but if you are not and you don't have that communication and you're not clear so when we send a guy there that we hand over all that that information so they know what is what is this guy and then basically you know so many different things can happen when they step into that environment some go straight into starting 11 and start playing from day one and others they have a long go away how do they deal with that uh, maybe it's the first time they they are facing not playing from the start uh, how do they deal with that is there is there a guy who picks them up there uh, and how how to handle that um, so there's so many things that they need to learn in that period of time when they move on so we need to ensure that they have the possibilities to learn um, especially those who might not just go straight on and that's not for everybody just to go straight on yeah you you were nodding while he was telling this so it's pretty recognizable again i think for you yeah or you can agree? relate to what he's telling um yeah it's exactly what i mean uh, when you're young 14, 15 years old, uh, football is, is the thing you love and uh, love doing. You're good at it. People tell you that. And yeah. You feel that and you experience that and you continue your journey uh, to become a professional football player. Somewhere around 14, 15 years old, you, you reckon like, hey, maybe... Um, I can make it, maybe, uh, yeah. Maybe maybe th this is what I want to do the rest of my life. Then you become 18, 19. And uh, the discussion uh, that Stefan... Uh, uh, talking about this discussion uh, we had a few years ago in Holland and uh, that's why we decided to restructure the uh, academies because we also had a U19 team uh, as the oldest team in the academy until two years from now yeah. um, and now this this is the second year we have a U21 because uh, yeah like here they said the the talented U18 players, they will make it to the first team when they're U19, at least, uh, maybe even earlier. Yeah. And uh, the other guys who need some extra time, those are the guys who need more than the U19. They need that second uh, or third year even uh, to become, uh, uh, yeah, more mature. Yeah, in that <clears throat> level. Yeah. And um, so that's why we restructured. And uh, also here, a, a few young guys went went on earlier, and uh, and some guys are still here in the U21 hoping uh, and, and working for the chance, uh, you know, for the, like, almost second chance, maybe. Yeah. And, and yeah, that that's, um, yeah, the risk is that people, or players get distracted and uh, see the success around them for other players and they, they get disappointed and, uh, and and that you have to manage. And that's uh, that's challenging. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a nice challenge, but challenging. It's part of, of the goal, of all, part of the, of the job as a coach in that phase, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yes. So if, this question to both of you, by all means, feel free to ask questions to each other as well. Uh, not, not gonna, I'm not going to be the mediator this whole talk, but uh, so this is, this is a, well, it's a problem, challenge, whatever you call it. What is your solution in that case? So coaching life is and coaching 
maybe the performance life, maybe that's an even better word, but one part of it. And how, how, how do you do this in a daily way that, what we talked about the personal development plan before we started uh, to to start recording. Um, what what are the ways to help the guys in this process? Yeah, it's it's a uh, uh, every individual is different. So for every uh, every person, every player, but first he's a person. Um, it's different uh, the the right tools to help him. Um, for me, what I try to do is. Uh, um, try to see and try to uh, evaluate uh, which personality the, the player has uh, what does he what are his needs i think um, now more than uh, when i was a younger uh, coach and uh, a coach of a younger group um, i had less experience than i have now and i uh, my um, uh, my trap was to 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 uh, to take too much my perspective. Okay, yeah. like, this is what I want from you. This is what you have to do. And uh, nowadays I, I try to look uh, to the player and say, okay, what does, what are his needs? What, uh, what does he need to learn? And uh, which personality does he have? And from that starting point, then you start to, to make choices. And uh, for some players, the, the growth is needed on the pitch. Some players are on the pitch. Their 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 skill level is already high enough. Uh, their, their the physique is there. They they can can make the intensity that they need. Uh, they have the strength, but maybe the personality outside the pitch, like Stefan said, uh, maybe they're not aware. The training in the gym is yeah. important. Uh, maybe some guys have trouble being on time. It's all depending also what's the background of a player, and um, yeah. So for every every player. You you see the person, and from that's yeah, that's what I try to see and try to start from. Yeah. So, and is it literally sitting down with him in in, in first time that you get to know him? Because at one point it's the first time you see him, and of course maybe it's not the first time, but during those first week, just trying to get to know him, make time for him, just getting to know the guy, yeah, uh, uh, and and learn and see what's behind behind the player actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, before I worked with Fine Art, and there uh, I did an introduction uh, uh, talk with uh, all the players. I went to the house and yeah, okay. uh, uh, meet the parents and see which environment uh, they are living. And um, yeah, I had, I had a very good uh, feeling about that. It made it very easy to work together. And uh, also, this the players saw a side of me as a coach, more as a, the person that I am yeah. instead of the coach. And uh, it helped me uh, during uh, throughout the whole season. And this is what I did this year as well with my U21s. Yeah. Uh, last year as well, um, I, I started to have an introduction uh, with them and uh, they choose a spot and a moment. And uh, we just had an hour, one and an hour, uh, hour and a half um, a talk about life, about where they're coming from, what beliefs they have. So per person is this? Yes, or with, player, yeah, per, per, per. Each, each player has one hour and one hour and a half. He, he, yeah. sets a date, he set, literally sets a date. Yeah, with you a one-on-one -on -one could be dinner, could be coffee, whatever they want. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah. And then they sit down with you. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and uh, yeah. From there on, yeah, know which yeah. At least you don't know from uh, zero to hundred uh, what he uh, what he's about, but you you have a, a view on the player, and uh, from there you can start. Yeah, yeah. It, it it breaks the ice also a little bit. It, yeah. It, yeah. The barrier is a little bit gone from coach to player, can't imagine. For me, the coach that I am, it also helps that they see me more in the, yeah, in 
a role as a as a human being, yeah. as a role as a coach who makes the first eleven and uh, who is criticizing them uh, maybe on a moment that they don't like it or that they have another opinion. So um, I think it's uh, it creates a bond and cool. uh, an understanding. Cool. Yeah. Do you drink coffee with your players, Taylor? No, no, I don't, no, I don't. But I, I like the idea. I like the idea. Um, but but I agree that every person is different, and that's also why you know every case is different uh, in terms of developing. Um, so so I agree with a lot of the things being said. Um, I think we we don't have those one to one talks. Obviously, we have one to one talks, but I think here it's. Uh, you know, you start to know them when they start to train with the team, and that goes both ways. Um, in terms of seventeen moving to nineteen, and then uh, nineteen moving to, moving to first team. Uh, sorry, just caught my phone. Um, but uh, we have a, a quite uh, detailed handover between the the coaching staff when they progress to the next level. Um, in terms of analysis on how he is as a footballer but in definitely also how he is as a person, uh, how he responds to different form of feedback, uh, different form of stress situations. Is there any issues uh, outside the pitch or uh, how is he uh, behaving outside the pitch? Um, so not only, we're not only concerned on how he performs on the pitch, but also who is he, as Mark says, as a person outside the pitch. And then especially when they, they move from... Uh, 19th to first team i think uh, the reason why i for instance always go uh, with the first team on the training camps in the preseason it's so they have you know a guy they know so when they are maybe afraid of asking the questions to the head coach or one of the assistant coach then there's no boundaries towards asking me uh, it doesn't cost that much in the beginning and then when they start to learn in those 14 days in the preseason camp or during preseason, they learn the coaching staff in the first team. They learn, uh, they know, start to learn to know them. Um, then the boundaries is easily broken down. Uh, so that's more, you know, we, we have some resources, coaches resources, which we invest in that, uh, transition from one team to another, uh, to smoothen the, the way. And then, of course, I think, you know, just when they train with the team, also just to learn new teammates, for instance, uh, I think that's also a way to break down those boundaries because they get to sit in the same locker room. They get to share some things. We use mentoring, uh, especially on the first team. So older players take care of the, the younger guys, the new young ones to introduce them to stuff and maybe say, and now we go here and come grab a coffee with us or whatever it might be. Do, do we so, underestimate almost that part of players coming into a new team because yeah, it's so normal. You are a good player. You want to go up. Okay. Then you go up to the next team or at preseason. Yeah, they come into a dressing room with 25 other guys, but it, it almost comes with every age. If you're U13 and you are good and you can join the U, U15s on a Saturday, do we sometimes not forget that they are coming into a group that they don't know and they feel maybe, maybe they were the star of the team and now they <laughs> are, now they are, yeah, let's say the youngest and they have fully have to, uh, what's the English word, prove themselves in that phase again. Uh, yeah, maybe we underestimated, uh, underestimated a little. Um, but 
I think it's also a good case uh, in terms of develop development um, because when they progress and maybe they were the star, the profile of of the the normal age group team. Now they start to maybe struggle. Uh, they meet tough times, uh, and that's a good opportunity also for us to work with some coping skills uh, to learn them how to deal with that. Um, so we should also see it sometimes as an opportunity to to develop the player, uh, not only on the pitch but also off the pitch in terms of coping skills uh, to cope with things not being uh, as easy or uh, as smooth as they normally are when you are with your normal age group. Um, because that's also a part of talent development to suit them so they can have a long career when things get tough and they can deal with stuff when things get tough. Yeah, I agree. I was I was also thinking a little bit about my younger kids. For for younger kids, it's a, it's also a completely bigger step. And when you go older and older, and you maybe yeah. use to these steps, because our kids maybe with the first time they we bring them to school, they find it exciting or anxious. When you go older, you you already had several of these steps. So if you are a good player of the U thirteen or U fifteen, you've probably been to maybe a national team or a local selection or whatever, you've, you've kind of a little bit maybe aware of that process already. Okay. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I think for some, I, th- I see some who progresses really faster into it and others, they take more time. I think it's also to do with the person. Sometimes some 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 guys, they, they may be a little bit more quiet and takes longer time and need to feel a little bit more safe and others just steps into the room and takes the room and then yeah. it's more easy. Yeah. Interesting. Maybe maybe um, something to add there is also I, I believe as well the person is a, is a big part of that but I think an even bigger part is the environment that the player steps into. If, uh, if it's a safe and uh, <laughs> open environment and the, the way you talk about it at the uh, at the club that's amazing i can also imagine that uh, young players coming up to the first team in an not as safe as environment as you uh, uh, talk about it uh, for example no mentor um, it's a talented uh, midfielder playing on the on the on the spot of the captain who is getting old and maybe not as good as he was it's, uh, Maybe a, one of a, one example that, that maybe one time happened. Um, how is he uh, invited inside then? Yeah, is he, could is be he almost hostile that that you that you're. Yeah, I uh, myself, I, I I went for a trial uh, when I uh, back in the days when I was uh, <laughs> playing myself, and um, always when uh, we had a trial player in my team, I was often surprised about the level that the guy brought that I was thinking like, how did they get these guys? Uh, how can this guy be good at his team? He, he's so nervous and he's not bringing anything, adding anything to the game that we are playing. But then I, 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 I came in a situation that I was the trial player myself. I went to Hungary and, uh, and not many people speak Hungarian. So me neither. And also in Hungary, not many people speak English. And uh, I speak a bit German, but also not many people speak German. They speak Hungarian. And that's one of the most difficult languages. So I stepped into a dressing room and everything was a mystery to me. 
there was only one guy, the team captain, who spoke proper English, and the rest was terrible at English. And I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what they expected. And normally, I was a pretty confident uh, player. But there, I, I noticed that my confidence went down the moment I stepped in. Uh, I made a, a little mistake. I was wearing the colors of the rival uh, club. Okay. I didn't know. I didn't do my homework back then. So that was, wasn't the best choice, but I, I wasn't aware of it. Nobody told me anything. So I came in and from, from minute one, I didn't feel comfortable. And I, I noticed in the training that things that normally went by itself were a struggle. So um, that showed me that the environment you step into it, of course, it's about who you are, but it's also, do you feel welcome? Do you feel safe? Um, can you be yourself? Uh, the, the, all those things, I think, is a big part of how a player acts and the level he, uh, he, he brings. Yeah, well, I think we all agree on this. How do, you, how do you now, because you've been in that situation as a player, you actually played there still so you you got the contract there that's maybe good to tell anybody yes. so you didn't fail <laughs> yeah. but still it was it it made a big impact and it's i think something you can you learn from now as well as a coach maybe when the u17 or u19 player comes up it's maybe something you think of not maybe on a daily basis but you realize this can happen how do you create as a coach then an environment for a player a safe environment yeah nowadays um it was mainly about the language because it, uh, I didn't understand anything uh, that made me uh, very separated from, from the whole process okay. of the team. Plus, um, the moment I stepped in, uh, it was a, in a preseason, uh, three, four weeks until the first big game. So everybody was, uh, some players were, were willing to leave and uh, working for that. And so it was also a difficult situation there. But what I... Uh, come back to the question um, what I've learned is um, when when I get a trial player especially when he's from abroad um, I take time for him and uh, I, I, I tell him what I expect my expectations uh, tell him that if there's any questions ask me or ask if he feels more comfortable the players um, so so yeah I, I at first I I thought hey trial player let's see what he can do now I, I I make him feel welcome. I yeah. make him feel comfortable, and also tell him always first day I don't judge. First days, uh, getting used to the way of training, the intensity, the boys, the grass, the ball, just feel feel comfortable. And the second day, then we start to see if if the guy is good enough or yeah. not. And uh, and also I judge him on the difference between day one and day three, yeah. five. Is is almost the same. Yeah. When yeah. when you join the first team, do you also kind of in that role almost? Yeah, we get a, we have we have players in the academy from Iceland, Sweden, Norway. Yeah. Uh, we had have one guy from New Zealand as well. Uh, oh. So so there's also players from abroad here. Um, but the good thing about having more than only one player from abroad is that you have guys who's been through the same process. Uh, so we actually do many of the same things, but we also, you know, connect uh, the guys in the dressing room with someone who has been through that as well. So Is some, it something some that you do before? So, okay, uh, Joey, listen up. There's going to be a new guy tomorrow. Yeah. Can you take care of him? Is literally that that's what's happening? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
yeah, that's what that's what is happening. Uh, and I think the the players they are more than willing to help um, because I, I totally agree that that has to do with the environment. They felt the same welcoming when they came as well, so they are willing to help the new guy as well um, to give something back. Um, so so that is that is actually what is what is happening. Take him to the pitch where we train. Just explain him where do we eat breakfast. Take him to breakfast. Make sure he's walking with you on the pitch so he don't feel alone the first couple of days. And then during that period, after a certain period of time, you know, they mix together in the dressing room. They have found their uh, peers in the dressing room and then things are going more easily. But especially in those first days that they have some someone who they can ask, you know, all those small questions uh so you don't have to take them on a tour you take them on a tour but they they are maybe a little bit nervous and uh, thinking about 100 other things so they forget you know every all those 100 informations you tell them on that uh tour around the club so that they they just have a guy next to them in the dressing room which they can ask all those small questions um just to make them feel more welcome um i think that's 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 quite a big help for those guys in terms of maybe know what's going on and be able to perform on the pitch maybe not from the first day but then quite quickly afterwards um, yeah Great. so well, well I had to think about the, the guy that the state on Posma who did a session with us about goalkeepers and he said the step for goalkeepers but maybe you recognize this sometimes even bigger because they are young players coming up playing against mature guys that can hit the ball so much harder they are in this isolated position with a different rule set that that gap was even bigger for them but is it something you recognize mm, i'm not an expert in, in the goalies uh, to be honest uh, but but for sure we had a quite young goalie going on the training camp uh, this summer and you could see that okay he's a good goalie but he was challenged in, especially, you know, when they, when they hit the ball, how they, how they're able to strike the ball with the power they're able to strike the ball. Um, but he did quite good, but still you could see, okay, this is, this is something, this is a different ball game. As a player, uh, you can maybe hide a little or maybe go into the yeah. team in a possession game. You can position yourself yeah. that you are open, but not maybe almost. So you get a little bit less attention as a goalie you are. Yeah, you're vulnerable in small-sided games and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, in that in that way, it's it's difficult to hide. Also, you're isolated in training uh, with the goalkeeping coach and the rest of the goalies, so we, all eyes on you every, all the time. Uh, yeah, so maybe they actually have a little bit tougher way. Yeah, I, I I think in a in a game situation like in a training game, then uh, when you're young as a goalie, you can be a hero or a zero. Everybody's, <laughs> nice. Everybody's nice until you are the reason that they lose. Yeah, yeah. As I can imagine. I I don't have that experience. More as a personal experience when I was a player that uh, that there like the third goalie was mainly a young guy, and uh, when he made a mistake. <laughs> I didn't didn't want to be him, no. but uh, no, not not. I don't have that experience as a coach. No. No, it's just just the whole story. I think the gap could be even bigger yeah. for them. And they are always there's always a specific 
role they have and they get judged so hard, especially if it's five to five last minute, they, they are in the full pressure, even though it's a game. And as a player, you can walk off. It's like, okay, yeah, I don't care. But as a goalie, yeah, you, you are the reason or not. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Okay. Well, sure. And um, Stefan, how was it for you? Not okay uh, for coach for players we talk about, but how is because you've been an assistant? You you worked your way up the age groups, and then all of a sudden you find yourself being an assistant at the, <laughs> the first team. I think maybe you had the same age as the players. I can imagine. Uh, yeah, some of them were older than me, so yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah that was quite. What's that for you? Uh, at first, uh, you know, before you you experience it, it's it's something you you use some thoughts on how will they. How will they act when you know a younger guy than themselves try to give them feedback or coach them? Uh, but what I experienced is that if you, if if they feel okay, this guy can help me, then they don't care about if you are twenty five, forty five, thirty, uh, fifty. They just you know then they are open. But you need to prove yourself maybe a little bit more. Also, I don't have a. Uh, former career as a player so i've just studied the game and worked my ways up as you said and so maybe you need to prove yourself a little bit more in the beginning but but when that when you have done that then then i don't didn't experience anything where they was like okay we don't we don't listen to this guy they were more than willing to learn did you did you try to prove yourself extra did you work harder or did you show more did you put more attention was there a way that you wanted to uh, yeah, and you know, in the progression was quite fast. So I was on the 14 coach, and then I was moved to the 19 as an assistant, and then I was only half a year assistant on the 19s before I was promoted to assistant in the first team. Uh, so I almost went from coaching uh, on the 14 players to coaching uh, senior players who were competing for the Danish Championship, trying to go into the Champions League as well. So that was a as a quite big step so i actually um, i was uh, i had actually i had a talk with the with the sports psychologist in the academy uh, how what what is you what is it that you evaluate yourself on when have you been performing well as a coach and when have you been underperforming as a coach set free uh, goals for that and to evaluate myself every day i've been on the training pitch in preseason and that helped me a lot because then i had something to to hook onto to say, okay, you you you're on the right way, or you need to adjust this a little bit. So you evaluated yourself. Is that what I hear? So yeah, it's sitting down with a pen, pen and piece of paper and just writing. Yeah, okay, then I just I'm satisfied on, and this is what I can do better. No, nah, more that I have three bullet points, which is what is the 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 headline was, uh, what is important for you as a coach, and then I had three bullet points, and then I. Try, you know, to take the boxes uh, every day. And if it, if I didn't take the box, then I needed to reflect on why didn't I, why can't I take this box today? What do I need to improve tomorrow? Um, and then, of course, uh, when you go, go there, I think it's like uh, maybe uh, I haven't tried this, but maybe it's like you know, being uh, the new teacher in the in a classroom that you know there will be somebody who's challenging you at at some point. So be ready for that. Um, and maybe they will challenge you a little bit more, but uh, be prepared for that. And then it's easier to maybe start a little bit more strict and then open up during the way than to start a little bit loose and then trying to be strict afterwards. Uh, so that was kind of the the idea uh, or the tactics to say. 
Um, did, it, did it play out the way you wanted? Uh, in general, yes. Um, obviously, you always have things where you think, ah, okay, here you should have done this and this and this uh, instead. But in general, I think it, it worked out the way I I wanted it to. to. Right. And you, you found yourself on a pitch also at one point, moving up. How was that process for you? Yeah, not as fast as uh, Stefan. <laughs> pretty, pretty fast. Yeah, in crazy. two years from U14 to the first team, okay? It's amazing, it's amazing. Yeah. Oh, uh, we, before, we were talking about uh, the route of a young coach uh, that you should start quiet. And uh, I don't believe in that. I also don't believe in the perfect uh, like uh, um, career or... Do you no, no, to, just uh, to explain, we, we were, we, uh, we had, uh, I don't know who said it actually. It was, was Edo that said it would be humble? Yeah, yeah. Or Yope, Yope. Yeah, Yope from PSV said. And, uh, okay, first learn and, and, and work your way up the ranks and, uh, yeah, listen. And, and then she said, I, I kind of disagree on that. If you have something useful to say, uh, just be there and, and yeah, stand up for yourself. There's no truth in football. <clears throat> only guy who's right is the guy who's at the end of the 90 minutes winning and um, if you as a player uh, are part of the win you're doing well if not then you have to evaluate why I wasn't and uh, that's what Stefan does every day I hear uh, for me myself I have a yeah, and then so sorry then you have winning as in three points but you've also winning and having a successful day which is also a type of winning I can, uh, the, yeah I think the art of developing is is making it a measurable every every day. So, uh, like Stefan, I have a personal development plan myself, and I have some uh, I have five bullet points during the uh, the week, and uh, I have to uh, check them every every week. And uh, yeah, some bullet points are on a daily basis. Some are every week once or twice. And uh, this, I also have a, a, a team development plan as I have as well. So I have to take the you, Do you want to share those five points? You, are you willing? Then, yeah, make, then you uh, have to share your three as well. <laughs> I have no secrets on that. Uh, um, uh, for example, it's from small things to, to big things. Uh, small uh, thing is that I want to be 15 minutes before the players are, are on the pitch. I want to be outside, okay. to be in contact with my players. Yeah. Uh, because my uh, pitfall is that I'm on the laptop until one minute before going into the details of my training and uh, uh, adding or uh, deleting something from yeah. my, uh, preparation. Um, so I want to be in contact with the players. and uh, While they are myself. doing their own yeah. freestyle warm-up, yeah. juggling the ball, you can walk so, around. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. check them out, you uh, I want to uh, compliment uh, them, the team, once a week uh, with uh, um, with something they did well, something I was uh, um, surprised by, or something I was proud of, or something I thought wasn't that good in the in the past and is good now. Um, every year, I let the players fill out uh, uh, evaluation about me. Yeah. Uh, and it's anonymous, of course. <laughs> then it's Otherwise, safe. Yes. Yeah, 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 it's, it's safe. safe. Yeah. And uh, from that uh, um, uh, questioning came that um, yeah, last year was also due to Corona, of course. They they they, they found the training uh, could be sometime more variation uh, in the, in the training. So I, I 
I check the variety of the exercises we do and the, the, like every week I have a week plan and a day plan and then I check back. Did I do the same or yeah. how did I uh, put some variation in the, in the, in the training stuff we did? Um, now, for example, uh, one of the things is I have the team development plan and the, the, the thing I, I talked about with myself is uh, what's in my plan is that I keep that document alive in the group. So every week or actually every day, I have to talk about the plan and uh, if it's a question or is it, uh, I have to- That could uh, be in a, in a dressing room real quick yeah, or something somewhere refer, on the pitch. I have or to refer to, yeah, to the yeah. plan of the team. Uh, are we working on it? Are we developing? What do we need to adjust? Uh, um, the fifth, difficult by, by head from, uh, I don't know. I don't know at the moment. Okay, not not some, not the one that you check every day. That's that's obvious. Shouldn't be, shouldn't be. Otherwise, you should know. It. No problem, no problem. Let's go to Stefan's three if you want to share, them. and then we can go back to to maybe the fifty figure if you remember. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, uh, and just to to clarify, I I don't use them anymore. I used them at that I time. So actually, I, like, I, sorry, because it was your step in that new role, which yeah. helped. Exactly. So, but that means that I have a little bit hard on remembering okay. uh, all of them, but uh, the most important one I can remember, um, that was to bring your football knowledge into the, to the new environment. Uh, so just as you guys were talking about in terms of this uh, different work pathways and or developing that if you have something to say, then bring it on the table, no matter if it's for the players or if it's in the coaching staff, because you are there for a reason. Uh, you are there because somebody within the staff thought that this could be a good addition to the staff. So bring your knowledge to the pitch, to the office every day. And don't be afraid of speaking up if you don't agree or if you think you have a way to solve an issue or uh, coaching to a player. Um, also related to that coaching older players how do older players react uh, on feedback? Maybe you think, oh, okay, he's older than me or whatever. If you think you can help him, then you need to try to help him. Um, so, so that was the most important one I had. Uh, besides, you know, trying to to just be who I am. Don't think about too much what what the people think about you when you are there. Be yourself uh, because that's what brought you there. Uh, so that's that's the two of them. Uh, and the third one, uh, I asked Mark, I don't remember the third one. Uh, the last one that you're saying is, I went wrong with that completely. I think I already said it in the podcast. So I was an assistant coach. I became a head coach of a local club. The re the whole reason I, why I became head coach was that the players felt safe with me. There was a good connection, of course. I knew some football, but that was the main reason that the group wanted me to move on. And then... Maybe a little what you said, okay, you have to prove yourself also a little, but I was so focused on proving myself that I became this dictator on the pitch, which was completely the opposite of the reason why they chose me. So, yeah, and it's not who I am. Okay, <laughs> I'm a little bit the dominant guy. I think maybe Mark is also a little bit on the pitch, but uh, a bit <laughs> but uh, so very dumb. So, I like being strict in sessions but outside of the pitch and also in between or whatever yeah i, I, I want to build a relationship and i was completely overruling myself with the strict version 
so I was not myself. I, I, I'm pretty sure I've said this before, but at one point, <clears throat> the captain and one of the leaders of the team who I connected very well said, okay, you have to stop this, man. This is not you. This is not necessary. You are the coach. Don't worry. We listen to you anyway. <laughs> but, um, it was interesting. So being yourself, I can completely relate to that. Yeah. So, okay. So, but a little bit dominant. So it could be a trap for you as well. It is. It is. Okay. Yeah, that's why I need to be 15 minutes before that the players also see me as a, I can be okay and nice and uh, relax as well. Yeah. But on the pitch, I'm very demanding. So the fifth point actually was um, if I have a, a, a stop in my training, for example, I want to train my uh, 11 against 11 and uh, I want to uh, train on the game intentions or principles or uh, upcoming opponent then uh, uh, I want to take back the stop moment. So I, have, I want to have a check moment. Okay. Uh, you stop, for example, ball goes to right defender. I want my left attacker to press from yeah, inside yeah. to outside. And then, uh, yeah, sometimes in the uh, past, I forgot to check it again. Okay. And uh, take back the moment to say, okay, uh, from a, a, a game situation, like, okay, stop. This is exactly what we spoke about. Yeah. Uh, this is this is what we want. Yeah. Um, so that's the fifth. Pretty recognizable. Well, when, as a coach, maybe you, I don't know you see Stefan, but you're all mainly focusing on the points that not are going well. Yeah. And as soon as something is going the way it should be, you forget it yeah. because it's you can leave your focus off it because it's the right way. But that's actually when you should focus on it and compliment and yeah. say, okay, this is exactly what what we want. That's why I have the, this point in my. Uh, okay, it's a because, pretty daily check. Uh, because it's uh, that's that's the yeah that's the biggest trap for me as a coach. Every day, wanting the players to do better than they are able to or willing to can be a kind of a, a burden on the shoulder of a yeah. player. Yeah. So so that's why I invest in the relationship. Like like Stefan said, coaching all the players. Um, is um, is a problem when the relationship when they're not opening up to your feedback. If they are not willing to hear feedback, they hear criticism. And when you are giving them criticism, they don't want to hear that. No. When they don't like you or don't have the feeling that yeah, they don't have to like, but they 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 have to have the feeling that you are having the uh, the right interests. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think that you have to work on from start. Especially a demanding coach as me. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. You forget that because you're staying in your strict mode and okay, now we do this. Okay, we accomplished. Okay, next step. And then sometimes you just need to relax. Okay, guys, just enjoy what we're doing yes. now. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, and, and maybe not even the next step. I'm always uh, focusing on the, the, the that point on the horizon that you want to achieve. Um, and, and then good isn't good enough because it can always be better. Yeah. Even better isn't good enough because you want it to be perfect and it can be perfect, but you have to strive for it every day. Yeah. And um, sometimes if uh, it's it's difficult for players. What, what type of coach are you, uh, Stefan? Two right, dominant guys. Right. Here, but I, <laughs> uh, I, I would say I put high demands on the pitch uh, for sure. Um, but... Uh, but I, I won't say I'm a, I'm, I'm a strict guy. Uh, I can be if I need to be, but I, I will I will say I, I'm maybe from from the sound of your talk, maybe I'm a little bit more more relaxed than than, than you guys. Uh, but 
obviously high demands on the pitch. It's I think every coach who who has uh, ambitions uh, for the individual or for the team needs to put high demands. Uh, but those high demands also need to be suited for if we talk individuals for the individuals because what is high demands for one is maybe too high demands for one other or too low demands for for another for a third guy. So I, I think that's that's also a way to to put it that. As we spoke about earlier, everybody is not equal, so everybody shouldn't be treated the same way or have the same demands because it's, it's, it's just it's different. Uh, what is high demands for those different players and maybe even in the same position? Uh, but you know, I try to reinforce a lot. So when we see behaviors that we like, try to reinforce it a lot. Try to you know, yeah. Instead of saying this is wrong, this is wrong, you need to do this. Obviously, you need to do that sometimes, but then rather, you know, praise the good example if it comes and if it doesn't, then you need to correct it. Um, so yeah, maybe a little bit less strict than you guys seems like, but obviously, high demands. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Interesting impression we gave. Yeah, <laughs> no, because uh, I, I can relate to what you say about um, reinforcing the things you want to see. Um, by 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 giving a, the right example the attention that uh, that yeah, you want to yeah. give it because then maybe the guy who doesn't do it the right way sees it hears it and thinks like hey I want it like that and uh, then he goes yeah, and, uh, and, uh, yeah from science we also know that you know it's they learn better when we reinforce good things than if we say tell them that what not to do so one to five <laughs> one to five uh, so what is what is that one to five one to five ratio or what is it yeah, something ratio about uh, one complaint one criticism five uh, compliments ah, okay uh, that's 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 a good range but, uh, uh, maybe I don't always get there but I'm aware <laughs> okay yeah, yeah okay okay <clears throat> and how about uh, your own development uh, whoever wants to step in but so you you know how to develop the players been a coach for a while is it something you do work on daily uh you have your uh, development points well every every day you check your three or five boxes i just heard oh it's a joke but um uh, how does that process look for look for you or how does how is that process for you yeah for me it's i'm kind of uh um, yeah you're doing your way for pro as well as part of your development now yeah i signed up for it and then yeah. now it's uh waiting and I have a, like a, a introduction uh, talk and uh, then uh, do an assignment and then they, they, they say if you are in or out. Yeah, and, uh, it all depends on the vlog you make? Yeah, the vlog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have to make a vlog yeah. for yes. this. So this is all uh, practicing for the vlog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, can, yeah. you have a vlog of an hour and a half so you yeah. can just send it there. Exactly. So, and then I do cool parts in. And then yeah, yeah, exactly. No, yeah, I'm I'm kind of busy uh, developing myself because um, I try to lead by example, and uh, yeah, I'm strict, uh, but uh, I try to um, uh, walk the talk, and uh, yeah. I I can have high standards, high demands, but uh, if I don't show up uh, with it myself, then uh, then it's just empty talk. Yeah. So uh, so every day, uh, and every day I. Uh, Want to be the best version of myself, and I, I evaluate that with my colleagues uh, before training. We, we we talk about what we're going to do, which which roles we have, and afterwards we evaluate. And I'm always open for feedback as well. 
So it's a, it's a, it's a daily process for me. Uh, like I said, for me, good isn't good enough. It can be better. Yeah. And uh, better isn't good enough. It can be perfect. So that's how I try to be. Okay. So it could be also a trap for you to be satisfied once in a while. Yeah. It doesn't happen a lot. We were walking up the stairs towards the setting. How was the session? Said, yeah, I'm okay. And I am very curious if we would have asked the players, how would you think with the session of going, maybe they are much more satisfied than you can imagine. That's it's always, uh, they, 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 they now on an age that they see how my re response is. So I have to also work on that to, to keep the emotion in and also don't let it, don't show it or, uh, through the sound of my voice or my, yeah. my uh, my body. Uh, but uh, I think they weren't uh, as happy as me as okay. well. But uh, yeah. okay, so it's daily pushing yourself, um, and uh, is, does it also come with? And you know, okay, you're signed up for a course, which is going to be massively intensive if you if you join that. It's yeah. going to take a lot of your time, and you're going to be in the routine of the of the, way, of the association, etc. Um, but if you do not have a course, is there a way that you read, or is that you have? Maybe I go, I have set for myself, I go once a week, I go to the first team and join the session. Or is there a way that you try to to, to connect yourself with knowledge or, or different situations? Yeah, I try to uh, step outside the comfort zone. And uh, um, yeah, like, like, like I'm doing now, this podcast, this is not uh, one of my, uh, one of the things I, that I like uh, on a daily basis, but I think it's I won't be here me. tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah. It's a trip from where you come from. <laughs> uh, no, but um, so so those kind of things. I'm 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 looking for that. Um, yeah, but last week I was speaking with a friend of mine who works in football as well, and uh, he's director of the youth academy in the Twente Heracles. Yep. And he told me, um, yeah, what are you doing now? He asked me, what are you doing now, uh, on a regular basis to develop yourself, and. Um, I said, yeah, actually, mainly I'm talking with the people around me. I said, but they know you, so maybe it's time to to step out of that that small uh, group of people. Yeah, that circle. Yeah, and and uh, uh, call people you know, uh, use the people you know that you met, or to to get connections. Uh, I said, there was a time that I drove every week or every second week to to somebody I would like to speak about with about football. So. Yeah, I, that's the uh, first step I made was uh, made a LinkedIn profile. Yeah. And um, from there, my network maybe uh, uh, grows a bit. And uh, yeah, yeah. That, that's that's something I w are willing to do. Okay, so, so, so you realize you came to a point, okay, I need some outside knowledge. I need to be maybe pushed in some directions. I wouldn't push myself or yeah. gain some things that I would never expect. Yeah, I believe uh, outside the comfort zone, there you, you get the most. Yeah. It's you, Stefan. Uh, I think as a as a coach, you quite quickly get into this wheel of everyday work, and there's a lot to do all the time. So, if you want to have some time for your own development, if you're not in a course or doing online courses or whatever, then then you need to to put it into your calendar because otherwise things will just eat you because you can always work a little bit more. You can always watch some video, more video of the training, study some details. Um, so, so I put it in my, my weekly calendar uh, to have, you know, 
an hour or two where I either I discuss football with uh, some of the guys I, I know, which is not uh, working in Danish football, uh, just to get other perspectives. Uh, at the moment, we we have, a, for instance, a, uh, one of the two assistant coaches is Spanish in the first team. And then not that I use to go talk with him, but to have his perspective of, on different things. It's, it's interesting because it's just another way to see things. And as uh, Mark just said, when you are together with the same people all the time, you also, you know, you start to see things the same way. So sometimes you have just to have another look on the game or uh, on how to lead or coach or, uh, then, Obviously, this all the tactical part of the game. You know, uh, as a coach, you, you study you study you study your own game, your own team's game. You study the individuals on your own team, but also to have time to maybe look at some other teams, big teams from Europe or uh, smaller teams from the big five leagues who defend in a certain way, which you think okay, they're actually uh, competing quite well in this league even though they don't have a big budget and they don't have the biggest uh, stars in the team but they they do things in a different way or in an interesting way uh so trying to find inspiration for those two hours even if it's talk with some people or if it's just watching some football you maybe wouldn't have watched otherwise um and then obviously it's you know being open for the inputs from your colleagues and discuss trainings games game situations with your colleagues and i think we have a good process here in that in terms of you know trying to reach for the next step for the team so how do we deal with this game situation how do we deal with this game situation is there something different we can do if we experience uh troubles in 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 or issues in the game how can we solve this issue and that's also for me developing because you gain something which you might can use in in another time in another club or in another place uh, when if you are a head coach or whatever right so that's that's almost more of a <clears throat> of a of a football development moment that you have for yourself yeah, yeah. is there also uh, with you are here a little bit more of a personal uh, development style almost and of course also football uh, but you also you also said okay before I went to the first team I had to talk with the sports psychologist of the club, yeah, uh, and I had to talk okay how do I do how I do I how do I uh, attack this situation well, how do I use this situation what process should it be in is this something that you do maybe on some uh, some basis that you sit down with somebody okay this is what my personal development looks like or uh, no not not on this regularly basis you can say but. Uh, we have, you know, we have uh, on the under 19s, we have a sports psychologist just for the 19s. So I use him for sparing in different situations. Uh, I have, you know, being able to ask questions uh, to, you know, facilitate a talk or to get the players to reflect. Um, it's, it's so difficult. So I use him there a lot uh, when he's in the room or uh, doing a, during a conversation, I always ask him afterwards, what do you think? Uh, how does, uh, how do you see the questions in terms of getting the players to reflect? Um, so it's not like, you know, we have this uh, monthly meeting where we sit down and evaluate stuff like that, but I use him on a weekly basis to get, uh, some points on other things than 
football tactics uh, and football, but maybe the coaching part more. Uh, and also, you know, try to, you know, have a, a relationship with him where he knows that if he has something which he thinks I can improve or should think about, then he can go to me and tell me without me being, you know, uh, you, you should not interfere with this or uh, then trying to be open for that dialogue as well. Uh, to have yeah, that. So practically, he's in some, like in a team talk or during a session, whatever, he's in the same room or he's in the same area and he yeah. just watches the process and then afterwards he comes to you. Yeah. Okay, this is what I see or why do you do this or whatever yeah. or the other way around you asking what do you think yeah yeah did you ever video uh, tape yourself or did you ever make a video of yourself with these talks no actually never uh but at some point when i was in the younger teams we had the we recorded this session obviously with video but also with mike on the coach uh so you can hear what you are saying to the yeah. players uh And that is, uh, that's quite interesting. Yeah, yeah, it is, but it's also quite interesting because you hear some things where you're saying, Oh, okay. Why did you say that? Or what was the point with this? Or so it's, it was actually quite, quite interesting in terms of how, how are you acting as a coach? Because I'm sure all of us, we don't remember all the things we said uh, during match or trainings and maybe the way the tone you said it in or whatever it might be is it Mark was you remember if it rained a couple of hours ago when he was on the pitch so he was in the zone completely yeah so yeah like you, yeah, you in, when you're in the emotion or when you're in the intensity you yeah it's a primary uh reaction or emotion sometimes that just comes out yeah sometimes it is uh but to be honest you know i try to stay away from the emotions yeah, because yeah that's usually it's when i was younger i was a lot in my emotions but i tried to you know put them away because they they usually uh blur or what you should call it your view of the game but sometimes it's not it's not possible and football is also emotions so sometimes you also need to show emotions as a coach you cannot maybe not just be you know all stone face through the right. whole trainings because the players also need to feel you feel you as a coach uh excitement or frustration or whatever it might be they they i think they need to feel that as well that it means something to you as a coach as well you emotional no actually uh, like stefan says um of my Uh, my intention is to uh, keep it uh, uh, keep an, uh, uh, a clear view on on what's happening. Is it almost a control that you want to keep? Yeah, but uh, also true what he says about sometimes players need that emotion yeah. from a coach. We had um, our second match this year. Uh, it was uh, like uh, uh, we were like controlling the game until there was a personal mistake. And that we were two zero up, and it was two uh, one, and it was like eight minutes game left, and um, yeah, I, I then, then immediately see the energy going down and uh, the opponents getting the energy back, and uh, so eight minutes of survival. Um, I have a very young team, especially for the U21, and I have a lot of U19 players or even younger, yeah. a few U18 guys. So energy was running out. Uh, Yeah, the the fear of of giving away the the result that we have also does something with the energy. So at that time, I can be very rational 
and say like, oh, we should play one four three three, or maybe uh, change the, the 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 dynamics of the or the the formation of the team. But I think in that moment they just need my energy. Yeah. So I was going crazy at the sideline and helping them uh, sprint and uh, go left and go back and come on and be a motivator. It's not my style, but sometimes it's needed. So so I, I tried my yeah, in an ideal situation. I sit down see the game, do the tactical, tactical adjustments that are needed and enjoy my players. But in, uh, in, uh, in a game situation sometimes or in training, something different is needed. And I believe that every person is able to do his max plus a few percentage because there's somebody pushing them. Yeah. And uh, th- that guy, it's mainly me. In a perfect world, it's the players themselves motivating the other. But uh, oh, but we are also part of the there. process. It's of not. It's, you can say it's it's the players' process, but it's not completely true. It's also your process. It's what you li- literally live for, yeah. and yeah, you want that win as bad as they are. Yeah. And if they don't yeah. win, nobody's judging you. That doesn't matter, and you're not judging the players. We all know that. But at the end, also, if you can help them get the win. Yeah, especially the, the winning also uh, is good for development because when you win games, you you gain confidence. Uh, people are who are confident perform better, so you see better results on every level. Yeah. So of course, winning is important, and players need to learn that winning is a, what it's about. Nobody goes to a stadium and says, "Oh, fifth game in a row we lost but what an amazing game <laughs> nobody does that everybody's gonna boo you out and uh, uh, off the pitch and uh, say come on guys you need to win and if you have two ugly wins then people the third win you get uh, on an ugly way they say ah maybe it would be nice when you play a little bit better but the first two three times they don't they don't, uh, care. They don't care they don't care can imagine is Stefan in Denmark uh, no at Copenhagen how is that relation to winning in, in your age group? Is it something that it's yeah, being part, it's, it's part of that last phase of becoming a pro winning is... Yeah, for sure. For sure. Here, of course. Yeah, for, for sure it is. Uh, you know, the expectations when you go to the first team is that you become Danish champion. That's the expectations from the beginning of the season, from the fans, from uh, people inside the house, from the players, from the coaches, from, for, from everybody. So, so your favorites, all every game you play, the fans expect you to win. So if we don't raise the boys to, to those expectations that you are favorites every time and you need to win, then, then we would not do our job well in terms of making them have a chance to succeed in the first team. Is it also something that already is there in the youth? Oh, you're a Copenhagen youth player. You come there in the blue and white. They already judge all the, the, that pressure is already on, like the same here in the Netherlands. You have that when you probably play in IXP for your final shirt. When yeah. you come there, you're all, you're supposed to be the best player. The crowd is a little bit more against you. Uh, as a youth player, you grow up. It's the same for, for FC Copenhagen. Yeah. We, we, we say that it's in the walls in the building. You know, it's like, it's just something which is here. Uh, but in Denmark is for a long time been this, um, uh, it's not a discussion, but like, you know, either you play for winning or you play for development. But for us, it's like one is not canceling the other out. You can develop and still playing for winning. That's not two things who is totally opposite. Uh, so obviously we 
we, 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 we try to develop and we want to develop, we play a certain way because we believe that's how we develop the players the best for what comes ahead in the future. But it's not like we, we just go and play and say, oh, we see if we win or not. We want to win every game because that's how it should be. So for us, it's not like, you know, those two different separate things who cannot be connected. For us, it's for sure connected that you play for its development to play for winning as well as, as Mark just said. Here, then you see your... We don't have the position in the in our uh, football country like uh, you guys have. In, in you were, I don't know, I know the situation, but you were a pretty dominant youth academy. Yeah, uh, from our perspective and from our um, related to budget and abilities, bigger, uh, yes, bigger yes, the yes, size yes. of the club. You, yeah. yeah, the last ten years, U nineteen, we for example uh, won uh, uh, more games against Ajax when we played at home, and we lost. I think nine out of ten, uh, we didn't lose, and even a few wins. But um, we were very dominant in the way of playing, very defensive, very uh, close organization. So in that way, yes. But um, I think the, the the step that that you make from younger youth to older is maybe in younger youth department, uh, uh, you you make a choice to play from from weakness to develop. For example, a good center back, you, you put him on the midfield because he has to be faster. Yeah. Um, maybe for the game result on that day, it's not the best, but for the future, it's the best. On a U19 level, probably you will put him on the position that he's, that he's the best. best. Yeah. So it's not a, a choice of wanting to win or develop. It's just playing to your strengths or playing through. And your develop best. your weapons. Yeah, yeah, exactly. like, like Kobe Bryant, uh, one of my uh, motivators and uh, inspire uh, my sources of inspiration uh, says like when he was young, he was playing for his weaknesses and playing to develop them. When he was older, his weaknesses became his strengths and uh, he, he, he was uh, tearing out the league uh, yeah. when he played. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that shifts also during age groups. And like you said, you are both in this phase that players go for the last step. So winning is a crucial, crucial. It is a very big part. And it's the reason why they become a pro player. And that's the, and people are come to pro, watch pro players because they win. It's, it's, it's almost. Yeah, and, uh, as simple and, as that. And about showing your weapons, what uh, what makes a head coach taking you to the first team and putting him you into his start eleven? So every day you have to perform. Yeah. Doesn't matter what happened. Nobody cares if you slept good or what happened at home. Perform. Yeah. It's also it's also Kobe Bryant's mentality, that right? Mama mentality. Yeah, is it, is it you 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 went into his philosophy and his books, and is that something you did? I never, um, I never had. Um, um, I, I wasn't on his level, but the, the way he thinks, the way he, um, yeah, act, um, yeah, I, I can relate to that a lot. because okay. um, this his obsessiveness about development and becoming better. Uh, yeah, I, I wasn't that crazy. I was pretty crazy at the time. I, I lived like a monk uh, the first 26 years of my life, becoming the best uh, football player I could be. Yeah. Fortunately, uh, I ended at a very young age. And uh, now as a coach, uh, nowadays, first as a father, because I have two kids and uh, also it takes a lot of time. Um, I, I try to balance that. 
but uh, as a coach, I, I do everything to in my power to develop. And, uh, yeah. yeah, I believe in that. Great, great. Stefan, is there uh, some maybe some philosophy or, or a person or something that inspires you, or maybe no. Jordan? No, no, but, uh, <laughs> uh, no, no, not in that that specific way. I, I don't think so. Um, I, I what get does my inspire you. What? What does inspire you? Oh, that's that's a lot of a lot of different things. I I think. Big I, Sorry, I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, some sometimes you know it can be it can be colleagues, close colleagues. Uh, sometimes it can be you know something uh, you you watch or uh, see or read. Uh, I, I I find it many ways. Uh, and yeah, so so I, I'm actually not some. I have don't have stuff like that specific. Uh, Okay, so but you read. I wanted to go get get into books anyway. So, is there a book that you're reading now that you think okay, that's something that every coach should read? Uh, I think uh, I have I have like you know on the on the mythology side. I think people should read uh, the book Complex Football. Uh, it's it's quite interesting. Uh, they go through Victor Frat's tactical prioritization and Paco Cerullo's yep. training in Barcelona. Um, and then the Xavier Tamarit also wrote a quite good book on tactical prioritization. And then if people are interested in, in football history, uh, Hungarian actually also, uh, it's the, there's a book na named the, the names heard long ago, which is quite, a quite interesting book in, yeah, just football history back in 50s, 60s. Uh, yeah. You're nodding. Do you know it? No, I know uh, Hungarian football was big in that. Uh, oh, you that, you uh, played there, so you yeah, yeah, yeah. Pushkas and uh, Lajos Daytari and uh, those kind of guys. Uh, okay, they're big in Hungary. Yeah, it's it's quite interesting because you know, uh, uh, it's you know many of the concepts which has tendencies in modern football today, they have been used earlier. So it's just uh, reinventing the concepts from back in the day. So it's quite interesting to see those parallels that false nine is not uh, invented in with Lionel and Messi in Barcelona against Real Madrid is actually something from long time ago, which just been reinvented. So it's, that's stuff like that. Uh, I find it interesting, you know, because you also find inspiration in maybe how to solve different tactical solutions, uh, issues uh, in modern football. Okay, great. You, are you a reader besides the books of uh, Kobe Bryant? Yeah, yeah, I'm a reader. Uh, yes, but um, at the moment, the last three years were like a roller coaster with, with uh, kids. With kids and yeah. um, I, 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 I. Stefan is laughing because we we made fun of him that he only has one kid, so his life is easy. Yeah, easy. Life. Enjoy it. <laughs> enjoy, enjoy the quiet moments. Yeah. <laughs> Not about it. You cannot relate to this. Man. <laughs> well, but reading, I've, I cannot uh, remember. When uh, was the last time I read a, a, a book um, and and didn't have to worry about maybe have to step in and help? Uh, so and and like you said, Stefan, uh, you're on that wheel every week, uh, focusing on your own team. So you don't have the, the the what I take from this podcast with Stefan is I should block my agenda for a few hours 
to to work on uh, on my personal development and inspiration what i do mainly is i put on the background podcasts or or uh, some uh, inspirational uh, motivational speeches uh, kobe bryant i like the material of simon sinek yeah start with why yeah, yeah. Uh, why leaders eat last those kind of uh, um yeah podcasts or uh, inspirational uh, videos um I, yeah, that's what I do to inspire. Yeah, to inspire yourself, yeah. Um, and the books I've read, uh, they're not really uh, full, but yeah, of course, uh, the book about uh, Guardiola gives a very nice insight in, in his uh, way of yeah, working. Uh, yeah, in his work, uh, working uh, life and uh, how he thinks. And those books, Seedorf, um, football icon in Holland, uh, yeah. winning the Champions League a few times. Um, those kind of books, Beckham as well. Also, a guy with a very specific, limited talent, maybe, but very specific. How he ended up the, being the biggest yeah. uh, in what he did, and uh, those kind of things, uh, yeah, are very interesting for me yeah. to read. But, yeah, uh, can relate to that when you uh, less using the time maybe. that you're in the car, or maybe yeah. you're washing, folding the clothes, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And okay, uh, I can might as well do two things at the same time. And, and, inspire myself with the podcast yeah, yeah. i do it all the time interesting okay guys i have a final question for you uh and is who should we talk to next and why actually also maybe you thought about it uh yeah, i thought about it and i i have two two good names i think uh yeah. one is a guy called uh, andrew finley he's now the head analysis of the Norwegian uh, Football Association. But uh, yeah. before that, he worked in uh, the first team of Wolverhampton with uh, Nuno. And before that, he'd worked uh, in Manchester United with Mourinho and David Moyes, uh, coming from the Academy of Manchester City. Uh, incredible guy, first of all. Uh, and so, so great in terms of the analysis part of the game, how to present and do stuff like that. Um, right. So he's an interesting guy. And then actually, profile. Have, well, great profile. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then he's a top guy, a uh, funny guy as well. Yeah, I work with him here in Copenhagen. Uh, that's yeah. why I know um, when I was at the first team. Uh, and then actually a former colleague of mine also. Uh, until recently, uh, he... He left us because he became uh, the academy director of uh, New York City FC. His name is Morten Gran. So he's also, you know, have an interesting take on player development, um, yeah, team development in the youth. Just also an interesting guy in terms of also cultural, to add uh, cultural mix as well. Now he's from Europe going to USA where there's a completely different football environment or soccer. Where, yeah. Right, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I think he's still in Denmark due to the corona, uh, ah. so they won't let him in. But, Working uh, from home, developing kids in New York. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that could maybe also be an hour of, of a talk. Um, no, but that was the two guys I would Great. like to mention. Interesting guys. Okay, let's see if we can get them into the next uh, session. And you? Yeah, I thought about it as well. I, I had a short list, uh, three names. I'm going to mention uh, two of the three, and uh, 
And the, the, the last one is the one I picked. Uh, Luca Lalic was an option yeah. for me. He's a head of academy now in Singapore for the uh, City Lions FC. Rogers Feinert as well, I think. Rogers yeah. Feinert was my colleague there. He has a very uh, strong perspective on development and, uh, yeah, very interesting guy. Uh, young, uh, ambitious, yeah. okay. busy, interesting, very busy, very busy. He's also in the wheel, yes, like you, yes, like you all yes, are. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. And, uh, but no kids. That's it. <laughs> coming back. Okay, so he cannot relate at all. <laughs> no, that's okay, no that's clear. Well, that's clear. And uh, um, yeah, Rick Kost. Yeah. Um, he was my colleague as well. Fine, he's now working for the association in America. Yeah. We actually already had him on the podcast. No. So we could talk to him again now. He's experiencing but, uh, American football, but he was a great guest. Yeah, yes, for sure. Yes, uh, I want to say, but I think he's kind of busy and uh, probably people heard a lot from him. He's, he's a walking uh, encyclopedia. Yeah. It's crazy. And uh, learned a lot from him. And uh, But the final pick is not that international, but it's my colleague here. And the reason I picked him, his name is Ayan Neiman. <laughs> the reason I picked him, he's a very young, uh, ambitious coach. He's also uh, uh, head of our uh, scouting at the yeah. moment, uh, recognition of talent. That's how we call it nowadays. And uh, um, I think for it's a it's a personal favor to him because um, I think it's good for him and his uh, personal yeah, development yeah, to step outside the comfort zone. And I think um, he has a he has a, a strong view on uh, recognizing talent and, and uh, team development and. Uh, um, high standards so uh, we should call him now because then I don't have to drive back all the way no no I think you can get him that far that he will come to you guys <laughs> no great we have lights so uh, you can yeah yeah, yeah you're great. No, no, <laughs> great we can we can move but we can improve our studio setting yeah. for sure for sure okay yeah. guys okay guys uh, if I see correctly we were already talking for an hour and a half which was predicted but uh, it flew by uh, yeah, super fast um, yeah, I really enjoyed uh, hearing from you how you experienced working with the player in this specific age group, but also how you experienced it yourself and yeah, where your maybe your traps are, what you said, the way you mentioned it, or the way you develop yourself with the check boxes, which I, which is super, super applicable for everybody. You can just take your coaching book and just mark it down every day. Okay, did I did I do it or not? It's even something you can do in daily life or work, whatever. So, um, yeah, I really like that. And I was thinking, okay, do I have any time boxed in my agenda for my personal development? No. Am I in the wheel? Yes, for sure. 120% every day. So something I take out of this as well. So any maybe last things that you took or any last words towards uh, the people that are listening? What did we say? Uh... I don't think I have uh, anything other than it was a pleasure. It was great to have you, Stefan. Thank you. Yes, thanks. Uh, thanks for sharing uh, the info and uh, um, very uh, learning experience for me. Great. I, I can talk on for hours and hours. So uh, We'll do it maybe next time. No, but then it becomes your comfort zone. Eh? You want to stay out of your comfort zone. So shouldn't do it too fast. No, no. You should find a new location. Yeah, cool. Okay, thank you guys. Thank you a lot and uh, keep in touch and speak soon. Speak soon. Okay, thank you.